0: Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years, whatever this next season of life brings. This podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. Okay, today's topic is one that most of us can relate to. In fact, it is a topic of conversation in coaching sessions with many of the moms in the middle that I work with. By the time women reach midlife, they have seen this personality trait pop up. And lots of various ways in their lives, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in ways that keep them stuck, frustrated, and defeated. What am I talking about? I am talking about perfectionism. What comes to mind when you hear the word perfectionism? Do you think of people who seem to always look put together and who excel at everything? As I was writing the show, the person that kept coming to my mind was local TV host here in Nashville, Holly Thompson. You may know her from the morning news on Channel 4. For some reason lately, Holly has been in my Facebook feed. I must have followed her or liked something, so I always get pictures and posts from her. Each one of her pictures, she always seems so professional and polished, no matter if it is early in the morning in the studio at her house, or cheering for her son on the soccer field. I always find myself thinking, wow, she always looks so perfect. When you watch her on the air, she's always calm, cool, collected. And not only that, but she always seems so genuinely happy. You might picture someone in your mind, maybe someone you work with, a friend or a family member, who seems to personify perfectionism that person who is always put together. They always seem to be successful and happy, and very rarely do you see them struggle. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, are they really perfect? And we know the answer, no. Perfectionism is subjective. You and I each have a different standard for what we believe perfectionism means. My perfect is different, probably much different than you're perfect. As I look at Holly Thompson each day on Facebook, in my mind, I label her as perfect based on her outfit, her hair being styled just right, coordinating jewelry, makeup that accents her face, her nicely decorated home, her handsome sons and husband who are in her pictures, her backyard with the beautiful view of her pool, And even on an off day in a baseball hat, she still seems put together and perfect. Her posts on Facebook are bubbly and encouraging. And I really do love how every day she shares a verse from Scripture. But let's be honest. Is Holly Thompson perfect? No. For the record, she is not. It's just the image of perfection that I have created in my mind. Now, for the record, Holly Thompson, if you ever happen to listen to Catholic Moms in the Middle, just know that I love you, girl. You are a mom in the middle who is changing lives, so you keep shining your light, even if it isn't perfect and flickers sometimes. Okay, enough about Holly. The reason I'm sharing about perfectionism is because it's important to know how perfectionism shows up in your life. Now, the kicker here is that it might not show up like you expect. You might be thinking to yourself, I am definitely not a perfectionist because there are so many things in my life that are far from perfect, so many areas where I feel like a failure. Here's the truth, my friend. I never would have thought that I was struggling with perfectionism until a friend called me out. I was having lunch with my friend who's also a coach. I was telling her some of my struggles in stepping into the role of CEO of my coaching business. You see, becoming an entrepreneur at 50 years old was a huge, scary step. I left behind a job of 26 years that I loved to embark on a new chapter in my life. I left up co-workers who were like family and the comfort of knowing the community and how to easily do my job. But friends, here's the truth. When God calls us to serve, it is almost always outside of our comfort zone. God doesn't look at our abilities. He looks at our availability. And when He calls us, it is usually to a place that is full of uncertainty, self-doubt, and fear so that we have to rely on Him and His guidance. The next morning after lunch with my friend, she and I were texting and she made a comment about me working on my perfectionism. Now, if you know me, you would know that I am not what you would think of as a stereotypical perfectionist. And so for her to talk about perfectionism, it did not go hand in hand. I am really laid back and I easily go with the flow. My seat can be full of dishes and it doesn't bother me at all. I am nothing like Holly Thompson's perfection. My wardrobe is not perfectly coordinated. My makeup is not perfect. My hair is usually frizzy. And I am allergic to the iron, so I usually have some wrinkles in my clothes. The picture of perfectionism that I have in my mind is definitely not me. In fact, I would be way down on the list. Another funny story about a friend. I met my friend Diane through Curcio. I was serving on the Curcio weekend, and she was a candidate. And all throughout the weekend, I kept seeing this beautiful woman who was always put together, she had on coordinating outfits, and her hair was always perfect. She started out the retreat that way, and she ended the retreat that way. Now, if you've ever done a retreat that lasts for several days, you know by the end of it, you're in sweatshirts, tennis shoes, and getting ready is pulling a brush through your hair and brushing your teeth. So to see Diane, who was, you know, so pulled together, I couldn't help but notice her. So after the Curcio weekends, we always gather for Mass that very next week. And who sat down in the pew directly in front of me Diane, as I was sitting there praying, I said to God, God, I have this urge to reach in front of me and just mess up her hair. Her hair was so perfect. It was perfect on the weekend. It was perfect that evening. And guess what? Diane's hair is still perfect. I will assure you, I did not give in to my urge and mess up her hair. But here's the thing. Diana's one of my dearest friends now. She's still all put together, but now I know all of her. I know more about her than just her appearance. We've served enough together, and we've had enough heart-to-heart talks that you see, perfect hair aside, everyone is struggling with something. Everyone needs healing. So perf- being perfect and perfectionism— Those are things that we create ourselves. And if you ask Diane, she's the most humble person you know, she would think I was crazy to think that everything about her was perfect. Here's where it gets tricky. Perfectionism is sneaky and can show up in different ways. Here's the definition of perfectionism from psychology today. Perfectionists set unrealistically high expectations for themselves and others, They are quick to find fault and overly critical of mistakes. They tend to procrastinate a project out of their fear of failure. They shrug off compliments and forget to celebrate their success. Instead, they look to specific people in their life for approval and validation. Like I said, we all have this idea of what perfect looks like in our lives and in the lives of others. And perfectionism becomes those goals, those unrealistic expectations that we set for ourselves to try to meet that perfect we have in our mind. So in that definition, there are two traits that describe me to a T. They are traits that I've been coached on, that I've done lots of thought work on, and quite honestly, spent much time in prayer over. They are quick to find fault and overly critical of mistakes. They tend to procrastinate a project out of their fear of failure. It is that fear of failure that has kept me stuck in my life time after time in different situations. My friend's message about being a perfectionist was more about being willing to fail in order to move forward. Perfectionists are often highly self-critical and place significant pressure on themselves to succeed. They have an intense fear of failure and making mistakes because of this fear of being wrong. Can you relate? As a result, perfectionists may set unrealistic expectations for themselves and easily become frustrated or disappointed when they don't meet those expectations. Another area that many perfectionists struggle is with the need for external validation and recognition. They may seek approval from others and may feel a sense of validation when their work is praised or recognized. Many moms in the middle or midlife moms may look for approval from their husband about how hard they're working, compliments on dinner or the house, or sometimes it's even just desiring a thank you for doing household chores. They need for their efforts to be recognized. They need for someone to tell them that they're doing a good job. Now, this is interesting. As much as they tend to thrive on others' praises, many times these moms struggle to acknowledge their own accomplishments and constantly feel that they could have done better. While perfectionism can drive individuals to achieve great things, it can also have its drawbacks. Perfectionists may experience high levels of stress and anxiety as the pressure they place on themselves can become overwhelming. They may also struggle with decision-making as they overthink every option to ensure they make the perfect choice. Winston Churchill said, Perfection is the enemy of progress. I'm going to share with you three examples of how I most often see perfectionism show up in my clients. These are things that they bring to coaching and things that we are able to work on. Like me, they would not label these as perfectionist tendencies. In fact, they would probably think it was the complete opposite. The first one is procrastination. Many times, Women who are perfectionists often have a deep fear of failure. They set exceptionally high standards for themselves, and then they worry that they won't be able to meet those standards. And as a result, they may put off starting or completing a task because they fear that their work won't be perfect or that they will make mistakes or they won't receive the approval they desire. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you here. This is an area where I struggle. Often when I sit down to write a show or create some sort of content to share, I am bombarded with thoughts like, it won't be good enough. Nobody will want to listen. I'm going to make a mistake. Now I have this awareness. I recognize this is happening, and when I find myself avoiding the work, like, Instead of writing my show or creating courses, I find myself wanting to clean out my closet in the middle of the day or suddenly wanting to dust the entire house. I know that I'm procrastinating. I know that I'm putting off a task. Procrastination is a sign that I'm avoiding something because of a fear of failure. So I'm going to tell you a few things that I do when I gain the awareness that it's happening and I want to move through it. Number one, I set realistic expectations. I strive for progress instead of perfection. This means I simply sit down and begin writing without letting my mind go in a million different directions, worrying about if it's good enough. The second way that I try to tackle procrastination is I break whatever my task is into smaller steps. Large tasks can be overwhelming to me, and the fear of making mistakes is often amplified when I feel overwhelmed. Breaking tasks down into smaller, more manageable steps and then focusing on one step at a time, it becomes easier for me to start and make progress. It takes away that feeling of overwhelm, and I'm usually able, step by step, to overcome the fear of making mistakes. And then number three, practicing self-compassion by being kind to myself and forgiving myself, giving myself space when I do make mistakes, because mistakes are going to happen. I have to remind myself to allow the same understanding and support to me that I would offer to a friend, and also recognizing that mistakes are opportunities for growth and self-improvement, and allowing myself to learn from them feels so much better than beating myself up and not starting with the task at hand. All right. The other way that perfectionism shows up with my clients is all-or-nothing thinking. This is also known as black-and-white thinking. It involves seeing things in a polarized sides without acknowledging any shades of gray in the middle. I was talking with my coach recently. Yes, I have my own coach because I believe that coaching is so beneficial and that everyone can benefit from the guidance and encouragement that a coach can offer. Because they open you up to a whole new perspective in your life. In this session, we were talking about being a perfectionist and how it can be seen as a strength or a weakness, depending on how you look at it. In this case, perfectionism was holding me back. I had this mentality that if I made a mistake, then I had to throw in the towel and start all over, which usually meant starting again the next day. My coach suggested that I look at the black and white areas, but not to forget to look at the areas in the middle, those gray areas. Instead of focusing on the black and white and thinking something was wrong if I fell into the gray area, she challenged me to include the gray area too. So imagine a pendulum swinging back and forth. The goal is not for it to stop on one side or the other, but naturally the pendulum will land in the middle. So to push back against the black and white thinking from a perfectionist view comes from learning to make mistakes and live in the gray area. Now, the gray area is often ambiguous and uncertain, but it's where the most progress will be made. When my coach asked me to just kind of live in the gray area, it really brought up feelings of anxiety and worry and that fear of being wrong. As I've been aware of it the past week or so, it's given me some relief that I don't have to be on either side. I'm not going to die in the gray area. I can survive being in the gray area, and it's in the gray area where I actually do have the most growth. Okay, finally, the third way that perfectionism shows up with my um, midlife moms is what I like to call compare and despair. When you engage in compare and despair, you often focus on the achievements the possessions, or the qualities of others that you perceive as superior to your own. All right, this comparison can lead to feelings of envy, jealousy, self-doubt, and a decreased sense of self-worth. Now, again, in all honesty, this is one of those areas that I quite often take to confession, you know, that jealousy and envy. And I got the best advice in a recent confession I was sharing with the priest that recently I have felt like a lot of envy and jealousy. And he said, as soon as it comes up, to immediately take it to gratitude. That whatever the situation was, there's always something within that situation that you could be grateful for. Whether it's the person, there's something, some sort of blessing in there that you can be grateful for. And I have to tell you, it works. As soon as it comes up, going to gratitude has been a game changer for me. So I offer that to you in case you have these feelings as well. In compare and despair, that constant comparison to others, and you're thinking that they are better than you, their circumstances are better, it can leave you feeling inadequate or as if you're always falling short in some way. I think that every mother— if we're honest, has probably felt this at some point in their life related to raising children. There always seems to be that perfect mom. Holly Thompson, here you go again, just kidding. That mom who does everything for everyone. You know, the mom who not only volunteers for every committee, but she also makes it look so easy. In today's age of social media, where people often showcase their highlight reels and the curated versions of their lives, the tendency is to compare and despair, and it can even be amplified. We often worry about our children and their desire for likes and shares on social media, but it also happens to us as midlife women. These carefully crafted images and achievements that are displayed on social platforms, they contribute to feelings of inadequacy and dissatisfaction. I always tell my midlife moms that what they're actually doing is not fair. They are comparing what they perceive as the worst of their lives to how they perceive the best of someone else's lives. So you're not comparing apples to apples. It's important to recognize that comparing yourself to others is natural. It's a natural human tendency. It doesn't mean anything's wrong, but it can be detrimental to your mental well-being. Instead of falling into the trap of compare and despair, it is more helpful to focus on your personal growth. Jump in that gray area. Have self-compassion, self-acceptance, and you know what? Embrace and celebrate your own unique journey. In closing, recognizing signs of perfectionism is only the first step. Now, the goal is not to get rid of it because perfectionism can also serve you. It could be a strength of your character. It could be a special quality to help you live your unique purpose. Being aware of when perfectionism is holding you back through procrastination, all or nothing thinking, or compare and despair, it will allow you to redirect your thoughts and actions so that you don't stay stuck beating yourself up. You can do this by, like I said, embracing gratitude, practicing self compassion, and acknowledging your own strengths and accomplishments. That will help you combat the negative effects of compare and despair, but it'll also open you up to a healthier perspective. Romans 15 says, Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. It's important to remember that Christ accepts you just as you are, flaws and all. He doesn't require your perfection because He is the only one who is perfect and the only one who can be completely without sin. His acceptance of you can help you accept others with their flaws as well. When you are accepted, then you can turn that on others like Christ did for you. Did this show resonate with you? Do you want to explore perfectionism Do you want to see how perfectionism is showing up in your life, how it could be a street? Or maybe you recognize some ways that perfectionism is holding you back. If you want to learn more, go to my website, catholicmomsinthemiddle.com, and look under the tab, Free Resources. There, you will find a journal that will help you reflect on perfectionism. You will gain an awareness of what perfectionism looks like in your life. Is it a strength or is it a weakness that is holding you back? You can work through the journal and gain some clarity, awareness, and healing in the area of perfectionism. Again, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com, click on the free resources, and you will find the Perfectionism Journal. All right, friends, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you. In your perfection, you show us mercy and forgiveness. Lord, help us show that same mercy and forgiveness to ourselves when we see that we're falling short. Also, help us extend that to others when we see their flaws or their weaknesses come through. Lord, we ask that you help us to explore perfectionism and how it can be a strength to build up your kingdom, but how it also holds us back. We ask that you bless our families, our communities, and we ask that you bless all of the priests in our churches and in our diocese. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle, or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com, or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbysean, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.